0: Welcome to the Unrestricted Podcast. My name is Emily.
1: And my name is Han, and our mission is to spend 15 minutes each week discussing your eating disorder recovery-related questions. Thank you so much
0: for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Unrestricted podcast in which Emily and I are going to be answering the question, my recovery feels messy, am I doing something wrong? And I think in this episode, we really wanted to speak through the idea of the perfect recovery and the illusion of that that is created online and really delve into something that we touched on last week in our episode about the idea of having a bit of chaos and problems coming up here and there in your recovery and it not quite going to plan and that being totally normal. So I think, first of all, it's important for me to just say that... My recovery was also messy. So I completely feel what the person who's asked this question is saying. And are you doing something wrong? Absolutely not. I think by nature, recovery is just very, very messy. Absolutely. I
0: think what we have to look at and address is the fact that as mammals, which at the end of the day is what we are, coming out of a period of starvation, coming out of a period of migration is a chaotic messy process it is not one which is all neat and military style organized and and it just doesn't it doesn't work like that the body responds to that starvation phase with an intense physiological neurological biological response and coming out of that is messy. It is not something that just feels neat and tidy and all boxed in and everything. And I think that it's easy when you are looking at, whether it's social media, YouTube, whatever it is, to compare and to think, oh, how are they getting it so right? Why do they just know what to do? How do they just know what the answer? How could they just do it? And I know I definitely get messages from people like that. And I'm often saying, I didn't know what I was doing. It was messy. It was chaotic. And the important thing to remember is actually, In many ways, that is a sign that you are doing it. That's the sign that you are on the path, on the journey that is recovery. Recovery is not linear. It is ups and downs and ins and outs and all over the places. It is not linear and actually the chaoticness is very, very much part of the process
1: yeah definitely and, and I think it's important what you say about social media there Emily about that kind of idea that we we get this perception and so often it is just a, a snippet of someone's a recovery day be that a few pictures of um, some food that they've had or maybe a recovery win captured in a, in a photo and I think that it shows on the surface what's happening, maybe the event itself, but it, it doesn't perhaps show the, the compensation that might have gone on around that or the thoughts that that person may be Maybe it looks like the day as a whole was just an absolute joy, but when recovery is done authentically, and when it's done, I think with that real integrity behind it and that commitment, there are bound to be things which didn't go quite to plan. And I think by nature, a lot of people with eating disorders are, are planners, not everyone. But I think it is a, a common character trait are people who like to have an agenda in front of them or a set, set pathway to walk down and and expecting it to just go. That kind of, exactly as you say, military grade regime that, that you kind of go through. It's just so unrealistic and unfair to, to expect from yourself. Absolutely. And I think the truth of it is, is that when you get used to existing
0: and living in apocalypse mode, which is basically what star- starvation mode is, your life does turn into a tick box, hoop jumping conveyor belt existence. And so then when you are considering recovery from that perspective, it's chaoticness, it's messiness, it's fluidity, it's nuance is just like, oh, my goodness, I cannot cope because your brain is in that state where it's like, no, I need blacks and whites. I need clear, concise things. I need boxes to tick and I need hoops to jump through. And it really is one of those processes where you have to lean into the discomfort of going, Okay, maybe I can support myself by setting boundaries, by getting clear about what my intentions are, by making goals, by reaching, I can do all of these things, but it's not going to get away from the fact that my apocalypse brain, my my apocalypse mode brain wants rigidity and actually recovery is quite literally the opposite of that. And I have Mm -hmm. to embrace, therefore, the discomfort that naturally comes up as a
1: byproduct of challenging the eating disorder. Yeah, definitely, and and that word um, rigidity, I think, was was a real feature for me, and and also my my brain, my apocalyptic um, brain, also really desired consistency, and that was something mm-hmm. that um, through malnutrition and, and under eating, I I I'd, I'd provided it. It just there there was kind of no deviation from a, a set way in a day um, or certain patterns in a day, and I think just by nature recovery offers very very little consistency in any way there is change here it is kind of sporadic here and and, um, different things going on there I think expecting consistency can be a a real barrier to to letting go because as I said by nature there there are going to be things which you feel incapable of handling uh, because they get thrown at you you end up being able to to handle them but maybe not in the uh inch perfect way that um you would have had you practiced them several times before Mm. on that first occasion and it's just taking that and thinking okay that's a learning point I can do better next time with with what I've picked up now and not expecting to do that kind of um if it wasn't not not having that attitude of if it wasn't done with 100 percent success it was a write-off and I shouldn't have done it at all yeah, absolutely, there is always something to learn.
0: Even the worst of situations, the hardest of moments, the biggest of slip ups, there is something that you can gather up from that, learn, and then carry forwards with you. And it's about knowing that every single time you face one of those moments, the moments where on reflection you think, ah, oh, that didn't go to plan, oh gosh, I'm struggling, whatever it might be, it's about really knowing that that then means without reflection, You are moving forwards with more experience, with more knowledge, Mm -hmm. with more awareness, with more identification. And that is so powerful in recovery. It's so powerful. And therefore, it's knowing that, again, I know I think I think I said this in last week, that really important remembering point of it is not the mistakes that stop you it is not getting up again. And so when you do, because it happens, oh my goodness, it happens so many times to me. Honestly, if anyone ever looks at any of my content and thinks, wow, how did she just do it? Please, please do do not become disillusioned to the reality (laughs) that my recovery is messy and chaotic and not just the recovery, but also my life and the trajectory that my life took whilst I was recovering you know I wasn't at uni and I started a uni course and then stopped it a couple of months in because I just couldn't cope with it and I started things and stopped things and took time I just it was just all very messy and it's really about knowing that it is absolutely okay it is absolutely okay it is not the mistakes the falling over that stops you it is the refusal or the lack of getting up again and dusting yourself up and trying. And it is about using the points where things maybe haven't gone to plan, learning from them, gathering that up and using it as evidence
1: that you can apply moving forwards. Yeah, definitely. And and I think... It's, it's really, really important um, to remember that those people who you are maybe looking at online, watching their YouTube videos or potentially scrolling through their Instagram. I think it's really important to recognize that they probably experience these exact same thoughts mm-hmm. with their own kind of recovery ro- role models, too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, for me, it was Tabitha Ferrar, And I and I honestly thought at the beginning of my recovery, I thought she's a superhero and there's not a chance that I have any of the abilities that she has. I don't mm-hmm. have the strength I don't have the same mindset she's just um, by nature clearly got got more in her than, than I do and it's I think really taking a step back and and um, thinking that she is discussing her recovery with a really nourished mind now and perhaps um, the nuance and the memories of the kind of close um, nitty gritty day-to-day details have maybe faded slightly so when she is talking about the um the day-to-day of her recovery you aren't getting the details and maybe being able to closely match it to how chaotic yours is feeling so whoever it is that person who you're you're looking at and admiring and thinking i wish i could do it as as kind of sweetly as they did and and without um, those rabbit holes please please um as emily said do not allow yourself to be under the illusion that that is any that their experience would be any different to your own
0: yeah yeah it's so it's so um wonderfully clear looking back with a brain that is nourished rewired eating disorder free to just get it to get every single bit of hunger, to get every single bit of struggle, to get why you had to do the opposite actions, to get why you had to walk into that fear of weight gain. It's all so wonderfully clear from the vantage point of having a brain that is eating sort of free, nourished and rewired. And the truth is, when you are in it, when I was in it, I was full of doubt, full of doubt. I didn't didn't go through recovery with the clarity of action taking and with the clarity of mind that I had now, not at all. There was a huge amount of doubt. There was a huge amount of uncertainty. There was a huge amount of messy thinking, let alone messy actions. And I think it's very important to acknowledge and know that that is normal, that is part of recovery. And to know as well that there are components of a undernourished mental state that are almost like the perfect storm for recovery struggles. So, for example, you know, a mindset that we know is very closely associated with, or a, a thinking style that we know is very closely associated with, um, sort of being in an energy deficit, is black and white thinking, which can very closely overlap with perfectionism. Now, perfectionism can be a character trait in itself, and it can also be something which the eating disorder hijacks therefore and it can be something which is exacerbated by being in an energy deficit and it's so important to know that you have to look at that black and white thinking you have to look at where that perfectionism is showing up and think to yourself right this is part of either either it's a character trait that my eating disorder is hijacking for its own purposes or this is a part of my energy um, starved state my energy deficit mind that is basically kind of going oh my goodness recovery needs to be perfect it's all or nothing I'm either acing it or I'm completely failing if I haven't got it exactly right then I'm not there's no point in carrying on I cut. it's it's so important to reflect on the role that those thinking styles play and to look at where you're eating sort of maybe hijacking personality traits and go there is no place for perfectionism in recovery There really isn't
1: no definitely definitely and it's funny when if, if someone were to ask me now sort of how did you heal your relationship with exercise I would probably say say in a couple of sentences oh I, I took a I took an 18 month break that that's what I did in reality the nuance of of kind of how I got to that point where I just took some total time off formal exercise it was so different there there was so much uh, confusion there was so much mistake making there was so much just messiness the per- perfect word. And there is nothing simple in reality about the answer that I would give of, of kind of how I healed my relationship um, in terms of those details. Of course, there is the the more frank, um, kind of just more broad answer. But when when I go into the details, mm. there, there was just so much mistake making, which I really, really just want to voice here. Of, I, I personally didn't get it all right um, nowhere near it and, and I think um, that's kind of what I wanted to just make most clear in this in this episode that those people who have fully recovered, there's no way that they had that linear linear recovery that maybe their social media might make it look like or maybe their stories might tell their if, if their um, challenging was authentic and their brain was kind of just by nature, relearning there would have been some level of chaos going on too.
0: Yeah yeah, absolutely and it's crucial to know that the chaos is not just in the actions that you're taking it's also very much present in the thinking Um, and so by that I mean it wasn't just a case in recovery that you know, one second I was like, "Yes, I'm going to do this. I'm absolutely there," and was smashing it. And then half an hour later, was sort of sobbing into my dog's neck, thinking, "Oh my goodness, I can't possibly go another step forward." <laughs> um, it's also about the thinking that's going on behind the actions that you're taking, and the messiness, and the minute-by-minute minute roller coaster of recovery. You know, I know we talk about that roller coaster, but this is not just a kind of, "Oh, some days are good and some days are bad." This can literally be that minute-by-minute minute you are noticing whiplash on your thinking and your action taking in relation to recovery and boy it's just something I want you to hear loud and clear that if it's messy it's okay it's okay and to know as well that often linking back into what I was talking about those mindsets the black and white thinking and the perfectionism often actually it is the eating disorder that is driving the desire and the need for the intensity of the planning and the rigidity and the well, what are we going to do we need it's it's that apocalypse mindset it's that black and white thinking it's that hijacked perfectionism it's the eating disorder that is seeking like fixed rigid right this is what we do box ticking hoop jumping that's and it's about remembering as well at the very heart of it recovery is the opposite of what your eating disorder wants. And therefore, by nature, messiness is an indicator that you are moving in that right, right direction.
1: That is so perfectly said the the opposite of what you're eating sort of wants. that is, um to summarize it absolutely perfectly, Emily. <laughs> so, um, I think this episode is uh, due to come out on uh, the the few days leading up to the Easter weekend. So for anyone who celebrates, um whether that be some family are coming round or there might be uh, some type of different um celebratory dinner going on. Uh, Emily and I just want to wish you uh, a nice weekend and hopefully some sunny weather, Um, but full permission to enjoy yourself, let yourself relax. And of course, unconditional permission to eat. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. And unconditional permission for maximum fun of Easter
0: egg hunts. Because I do find that for me still at, what, 29, (laughs) that Easter egg hunts are the highlight of uh, Easter. So, yeah, absolutely. Every single one of you who is listening, go forth and make this Easter action, the Easter that you want in the future. Because remember, in recovery, we have to do it to be it. So envisage what you want this Easter to be and then action it make it happen. Do what you can. Set yourself boundaries where necessary. Show yourself compassion, but also attack it. Go in with that intention of how you want it to be and reclaim this Easter. Set the tone for Easter's to come. Perfectly said.
1: Thank you very much for listening. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.